Hey there, this is What the Riff, a podcast that takes you back to riff and reminisce about the days of old, that old time rock and roll. We're going to share a few songs off an album of the month from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s with some individual staff picks and a little more. You're going to hear some well-known favorites along with a few deeper cuts that may re-inspire you. If you hear something you haven't heard in a while, or if it's totally new to you, visit our website, whattheriff.com, and you can download these songs to your playlist. We hope you enjoy the riffs and are riffing about them on What the Riff, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and also Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So for now, enjoy this episode of What the Riff? The South African Army occupies Botswana, Zimbabwe, and Zambia. The U.S. and Western Europe veto heavier sanctions against South Africa. Hands Across America happens. 6.5 million people hold hands almost from California to New York. This is May of 1986. You're listening to What the Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. And right now we're kind of mellowing out to some... Music that Bruce picked out. What you got, Bruce? That's right. This is Peter Gabriel. Guys, grab your boom boxes and hold them on high overhead as you serenade your best girl. What movie was that? <laughs> so this is a this song is from the movie Say Anything, um, but the album itself it's uh, Peter Gabriel. So so what? So and I wasn't sure how you pronounce it. If it's do you pronounce it so or you pronounce it so? What do you pronounce it? So. <laughs> Depends on uh, who you're with. So. <laughs> this is Peter Gabriel's. So. This is actually a it, it's it's actually a step up for him because the this is the fifth album and this is the first one that actually has a title. So every the first four did not have a title. Really? Wow. So he's going from no words to one very short yeah. one. And he really didn't want to do that. His uh his the uh the the record producer said. We've got to have a title on these things. So he picked out very, very short titles that could be incorporated into the artwork or whatnot. So that's what he did. So this is his first solo album. This is his fifth studio solo album. Fifth? Fifth. Yeah. But it is his most popular. Um, this was uh, less ex- it's less experimental than the first four albums. Um got a lot of fusion, uh, a lot of world music, things like that. This particular song, now this is the first song on side two of the album, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Originally, Peter Gabriel wanted it to be the final track of the album, but the bass line is so strong it needed to be earlier on the vinyl so there's more room for the stylus to vibrate. Wow. Either that is true, or it's something I ran across on the internet that was just just too good to check. Well, it must be true if it's on the internet, Bruce. That's right. Was it on Babylon B? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. Later, when they do the CD, later CD releases moved it to the end of the album. But it Interesting. Was the, it was, it was uh, the start of side two on the, uh, the original vinyl. I wasn't really into Peter Gabriel so much when he was in Genesis, but I really liked yeah, his me solo stuff afterwards. I've me seen too. him in concert. He's very, very entertaining. And showman. Yeah. yeah, he was a showman. I mean, if you look at the early progressive parts of Genesis before he left Genesis, he was the showman. I mean, he then there comes out in a, what was a, a sunflower dress, whatever it was, looking like a sunflower. He he wore the 
the very avant-garde. Dressed as a sunflower, not yeah. a sunflower dress. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Sorry. No, I just. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. I had a, a, a kind of a I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, if you get a chance, go out there and look for the Peter Gabriel Secret World Tour. Um, and it's a huge stage, big presence, a lot of fun to watch. It's it's one of these that, you know, he, he is. He's a real showman. It's entertainment. I mean, one of the best videos of all time was Sledgehammer. Oh, sure, yeah. Won many awards. I always wanted to have a suit of lights like that. I thought that would be so cool. <laughs> I always wanted to have a train just rolling around. around Your head? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Going up and down and around the bend. So, uh... This song we just mentioned—it's—it's uh, it, it's in this the movie uh, "Say Anything." Um, it, the song hit number forty-one after "Say Anything" was released, which is kind of interesting. It hit twenty-six on Billboard's Hot One Hundred when the album was released. Hmm. So this is in May of eighty-six. I would have thought this would have been more popular than that. I—I I, I remember hearing this all over the place and still being played. What happened is it really got that—you know—it it got locked into culture. After the movie, but the movie wasn't released until 1989. Oh, wow! So it's but a, it is an iconic movie. I mean oh that yeah. that ending with him holding the, that that big huge boombox over there was, his head. There's good point. There was a uh, uh, he did a show in 2012, and he had John Cusack came come out there holding a uh, a boombox and set really the boombox down and went back out. Oh, that's cool. So. Did you just say that? I said I, I didn't. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I mean, that was that was cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it is kind of iconic. This language is um, Wolof. Wolof. Uh, it's from Senegal, and uh, it's uh, uh, spoken by uh, Yosin Nadur. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I so like I that. that was yeah, one of his big songs, nice Biko, was we talked about South Africa earlier. Was it was an anti-apartheid song yeah. about Biko, how he got killed, and that that's a good song of his. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now listen to this one as it starts out. All right, this is the first song on the album. This is uh, Red Rain. Gabriel wanted the album to crash open at the front. All right, and I wanted to highlight that because nice. that nice. cymbal work, the cymbal and the hi-hat, that's Stuart Copeland. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. So this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It didn't get a huge amount of airplay at the... Uh, at the time the album was released, but I just, I love the minor key, the the bass work in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when this came out, Bruce, and it, I thought I heard a lot, but of course I was listening to more alternative music, so, mm-hmm. but this, and Peter Gabriel was considered alternative. Yeah. Well, the thing about this album is, first off, there's there's not a bad song on it. There is, Agreed. Every song is just great. Uh, in comparison, and you'll you know you've heard a lot of them. You've heard Red Rain, you've heard those, but in comparison to the you know, Sledgehammer, Big Time, In Your Eyes, this one it does not get as much play. So this is, as I said, it's his uh, best-selling selling album. Uh, it was certified five-fold platinum by the RIAA. So that's that's five million in sales. Wow. Yeah. You know what I. 
I'm noticing is that he's got a lot of different voice characteristics that he's using. Yeah. Like it's almost like different people singing. I mean, I know it's him. Right. When he goes up into that the high range. And he makes it sound like there's somebody else in the background singing. Yeah. He's quite the musician. Uh, he's He does lead and backing vocals, synthesizer. There you go. He does piano, he does sequencer, he does some percussion, so a lot of stuff like that. One of the, uh, the, the members of his band is a guy named Tony Levin, who's on bass. And he's kind of an iconic figure, really strong bassist. Um, uh, and uh, does a lot of interesting uh, things with the bass. Uh, he's, he, he does fretless bass, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. There's something I want to highlight with him. But uh, he's a very popular uh, popular with the fans, I think. He's got a, I a hear a little bit of that bass right here. Yeah. Almost like a slap bass. Yes. Exactly. David Rhodes is on guitar. Jerry Maroda, uh, Manu Kachi, Chris Hughes, and Stuart Copeland are on drums at various times throughout the album. Now, Bruce, you talk about Stuart Copeland being on the drums, and I'm listening to I, I've kind of hushed up and tried to listen at the drums. What tremendous work. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my goodness, a crescendo but up and down on this is, is, is fantastic. Yeah. Well, this is the thing I like about Peter Gabriel, and this is this is the thing about this album in particular. It's a little more accessible than some of his stuff. You know, he always had he had hits before this, so Games Without Frontiers, Salisbury Hill, things like that. But this one, uh, it's still got a it's it's more it's less experimental, uh, but it's still got a lot of fusion, world music, pop, soul, art rock, and of course prog rock. We've got to have a little prog rock in there. I mean, these songs are, most of them are some average about five minutes apiece. Yeah, they're kind of long. They're kind of long. But I think they played them all. So, it's a very, this particular song is a very dark song about a destructive world. Um, Gabriel had an idea for a movie that he called Mozo. And in it, villagers were punished for their sins with a blood-red rain. Um, he, uh, he scrapped the idea, but, but you get... Um, this would have been the theme song if he had done it. Um, and you get some references to Mozo in other Gar uh, Gabriel songs, including On the Air, Down the Dolce Vita, and Here Comes the Flood. that uh, piano synthesizer work at the top. And you can see how this might not have uh, have had a lot of play on the air because it is longer and it's got that, that kind of soft ending to it. Nice track. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So he gets he uh, uh, he's very experimental. This next song is uh, 
little deeper cut. This is called That Voice. Another example of the bass work there. Yeah. So this song is an exploration of conscience, that parental voice in our heads that either helps or, de or defeats us. And there's one where Gabriel's doing the, the primary and the backing vocals. A lot of layers in this. Some top songs from uh, May of 1986. You had Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. Robert Palmer had Addicted to Love. Oh, yeah. Whitney Houston, Greatest Love of All. Van Halen, or should I say Van Hagar, had Why Can't This Be Love. Yeah, that's what their debut. It's got what it takes. Janet Jackson, What Have You Done For Me Lately? And speaking of Genesis, Phil Collins, Take Me Home. Bill Collins was big right about now. Mm -hmm. I remember going to Daytona Beach for spring break of 1986, and uh, what have you done for me lately? That's all you heard coming out of the cars going oh, up and down sure. the strip. I mean, <laughs> every time I hear that song, that's immediately what I think of. Looking further down the list, Mike and the Mechanics, another Genesis, was yeah. All I Need is a Miracle. That yep. was a big hit for... Was it Tony Banks? Mike Rutherford, wasn't it? Mike, Mike Rutherford. Rutherford, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the original title for this song was First Stone, So, uh, but they changed the, the name for, to something more personal. Just the idea of, you know, the, the voice in your head. Looking at the albums that came out in May of 1986, Red Rider, Journey. Raised on radio, right? Is that Raised on radio? I believe so. Yeah, it had to be in 86, yeah. ACDC, The Ramones, The Cure, Europe, Wham!, Sonic Youth and Lou Reed. If I'm not mistaken, that's Wham's last album that they came out with in 86, because after that, George Michael went solo. And George Michael just went into the stratosphere right mm -hmm. after that. By the way, if you're doing some research on Peter Gabriel... Don't yeah. pull up the Wikipedia page. You'll feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has lost his hair over time. There's a picture of yeah, him. Wearing, we all. He's wearing like a rain jacket and just kind of sitting in a corporate yeah. office. He looks like a CFO of some company or something. I'll tell you, several years <laughs> ago, we went to Chastain and saw him. And uh, so I was familiar with his look, but he now, uh, he's, he's had his daughter singing uh, with him. So, it, uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things you just don't think about, you know, that, yeah, people, people get older and they, uh, they have kids and they move on. Because he had, like most older artists, 
I'm guessing he had to turn it down a little bit as far as his octaves. He, he probably can't hit these higher octaves yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's he's got a, he has a lot of people around him, right? And so you know, I think that that helps that situation. Because that was a case uh, this year when we saw uh, Donald Fagan, well, AKA now since Walter Becker died, yeah. Donald Fagan now, of course, Steely Dan, and on the higher octave songs that mm-hmm. we're familiar with. Fagan couldn't sing them anymore, so he had his backup singers, the women, yeah. sing the higher octave songs, and they did a great job. Yeah. Always think going to see any of those heritage acts, you just you, you got to go before they do all leave. I mean, mm-hmm. you're having final concerts for quite a few of these. That's right. That's right. All right. You'll recognize this when it starts. There we go. All right, I had to violate Wayne's rule on this one to bring out one of the more popular songs, but there's a there's a reason for it. This uh, this is a funky song, and it's uh, it's it's one of the more popular ones, and it satirizes the yuppie culture of the age. Oh yeah. So I said, well, this is something that really tracks with the time. So, do you remember what yuppie stands for? Young Urban Professional. Young Urban Professional. That's right. So this is about the idea of uh, folks getting getting things bigger, better, big houses, big cars. This was the time of reading glasses with no corrective lens in them. That's right. You put on <laughs> your glasses. Just to look, just for the look. With your suspenders. And let's not forget our members-only jackets. Of course. <laughs> members-only was a little er- little earlier than that. I had one of those. I didn't. So, Stuart Copeland is back on drums here. And um, the, uh, the, the bass line, Tony Levin is handling the fingering on a fretless bass. And drummer Jerry Marotta is playing the strings with drumsticks. So, you've got that, that slap bass feel. That's why. Playing the strings with a drum drumstick. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I like the idea of playing deep cuts, but every once in a while you got to play one that more people hear. Well, in this one, it's just, you know, and Peter Gabriel is one of those that's just really political, you know, kind of a... Uh, a, a lefty guy, progressive, not just in the rock genre, but in the political genre too. So you'll get that that kind of feel from it. I just want to say that I was bad during this time. I stole big time. You stole every big time. I, every time I said something. Yeah, he did so and so so big time. And so for <laughs> probably two years until finally people started making fun of me. He goes, how was that again? It was big time. <laughs> you know how many royalties you owe on that? I, mean, I probably do. It was recorded. Thank God nothing was recorded back in 1986. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Thank God there was no Facebook, and you you couldn't just record a video on your phone. Snapchat. I have oh no God. idea how folks do it now. I'm sure our listeners are cringing thinking about what, what would have happened had they been recorded back in the 80s That's or right. 70s. I love this line here. Show them round the house to my bed. I had it made like a mountain range. (laughs) (laughs) A snow white pillow for my big, for my big fat head. head. 
And my heaven will be a big heaven, and I will. <laughs> great lyrics. You mean this wasn't tongue-in-cheek? That is, I mean, it, he did have a lot of kind of fun songs. He had well, his videos portrayed that, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The video on this is very similar to the video for yeah. Sledgehammer. Yeah. You know, a lot of... He just did a lot of interesting experimental type stuff. Just sit there and lip sync, and we're going to design the whole video around you. Yeah. By the way, if it feels like between the chorus and the melody here, if it feels like it kind of sort of it doesn't really change keys, that's because they're alternating. Uh, between an A-flat natural minor uh, uh, scale and an A-flat Dorian minor scale. Zoom, that went over my head. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly sounds like it. All right, take us out. That was a great pick there. Thanks for sharing it, Bruce. We hope you're enjoying this episode of What the Riff? featuring May of 1986. Please take a moment to visit whattheriff.com with two Fs and subscribe. Every subscription counts. Also, tell a friend. Now back to What the Riff as we get into our entertainment track from May of 1986. I feel the need. The need Need for weed. No, that's not right. And if you don't know this song and what movie it came from, you had a sheltered life. How you doing, Goose? <laughs> <laughs> this was such a big movie. I mean, this is where the military became popular again. You're right. You know? Well, the photography, if you remember, they, uh, th- they did a lot of experimentation with the, with the uh, cinematography, and it worked. It could have easily backfired, but in this case, it truly worked. And this was before drones. Right. This was Top Gun. And remember who all starred in this? Uh, I'd like not to sometimes, but no, uh, of course, Tom Cruise is the lead. And Anthony Edwards? Yeah. yeah. Kelly, Kelly McGillis? McGillis. Yeah. Val Kilmer was in it also. Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan. And of course, uh, Tom Cruise was Maverick. And I, I want to say this is the first time we saw Tom actually get on a motorcycle and just go balls out on it. And I think he did that on every single movie since. <laughs> Everybody's uh, favorite scene. Well, I'd have to say my wife's favorite scene from this movie, I believe, is the volleyball. Game. I was going to say volleyball. Now, this is The Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, I, I really, I, he did some good stuff. He did a lot of good uh, soundtracks. Well, I will say, though, you're talking about the music and from the soundtrack of this album. I still have nightmares every time I hear you've lost that loving feeling from the soldiers and from Tom Cruise. I, oh, yeah, that was. I still have to erase that from my mind. It, it's. Ugh. Other movies at that time, Short Circuit. You guys remember that yep. one about Short, the robot that got Sheedy. struck by lightning? Yeah, Alice Sheedy. There was Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Craig T. Nelson and uh, what's her name was still in it, right? Yeah, um, and Carol Ann was. was yeah. Uh, once again, had to try to keep her from being possessed by demons. Yeah, see, she in that television set. 
This is what happens when you let your kids watch too much TV. I agree. Good point. The comedy at that time was called Sweet Liberty. I barely remember it was all in all the, you know, directed and written film. And then the, one of the iconic movies of that time that gets made fun of quite a bit was Cobra. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. Written <laughs> and starred in. You remember the big tagline of that? Uh-uh. You're the disease, and I'm the cure. <laughs> Wasn't that also the one where he says, you've got the right to remain silent just before he kills the guy? <laughs> <laughs> and he always had a matchstick in his mouth. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, the car he drove, too. Man, that yeah. was, it's like, how do you afford that on a detective's <laughs> salary? little saxophone in the background there, Brian. You can't go wrong there. A couple of small things in TV. Cher calls David Letterman an asshole during a taping of Saturday Night. I uh, remember NBC that. Late Night with David Letterman. I remember. And Tommy fair, Lee, was right. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue marries actress Heather Locklear. Oh. Good call. You guys are a good entertainment track. Now we're moving into staff picks, and we're going to start it with Brian. Thank you. Speaking of entertaining tracks... <laughs> <laughs> this is Boys Don't Cry. And guess where that came from? Anybody want to take a guess? Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. Do you recall the song by 10CC? I'm Not In Love. Oh, yeah, Big yeah, Boys yeah. Don't Cry. Big you remember it? Yeah. Be quiet. Big Boys Don't Cry. Not cry, but cry. Hmm. So that came, this is where they get inspired to call their band Boys Don't Cry. Who recalls being in the nightclubs or recalls, you know, the dance halls where this was maybe for those who were in the skating rink at this time, not me. This was the party song. This was the dance song. This is the one to get the party going. And, and, and folks, we, we apologize. <laughs> we tried to keep Brian from doing this song. We really did. We begged him, Brian, please don't do this song. I actually suggested this as the comedy song. So, <laughs> But what is, I mean, 1986... Really, the mid-80s, uh, maybe towards the, even to the 90s, how could you not include this song? I want to be a cowboy. I will say that when I saw the video, when Brian showed me the video, I had a better appreciation for it. This, this, listen to this, where he, this is his girl, uh, the girlfriend in the video. What's his name? Well, Brian, this puts me back in grad school. I was teaching oh architect students on their CAD CAD computers, and, of course, their studios were right next to it, and someone decided to put this on a loop for like an hour. <laughs> and they were just over and over again. Well, that would become annoying. Yeah. yeah. But that's architect students for you. But that... that that choral arrangement. Oh, my Ted. Oh, Ted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, this is just, it's just a fun song. Uh, basically, a little bit about Boys Don't Cry. The band was formed in 1983 as the brainchild of lead vocalist and keyboardist Nick Richards. And he just purchased Mason Rouge Recording Studios in London. An early version of the group featuring Richards, guitarist Richard Tay, and drummer Steve Kreese, augmented by session musicians, released their debut EP, Don't Talk to Strangers, this is not Rick Springfield, 
on independent UK label Legacy Records in Britain in 1983. Now, about, did they have any other hits besides this? No. This is they're, a, they're, they're they are one, one hit. hit. Absolutely. Um, but they are still touring, believe it or not, in mostly Europe. And I'm oh, with, once well. Again, this is it. The for, one hit for wonder. For one full hour, they're repeating yeah. the song over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> but that you know, just the fact that they did it, uh, you know, they they did an album. So, uh, but they are certainly they, they produced two albums. Of course, the, the extra play on the, or the EP on this one, and then other, several other singles. But uh, no, they uh, that they, they were short lived in the recording industry. But uh, this song was released. Uh, and it, was a, it was a novelty song with deadpan humor and kitschy references. The song has been described as the perfect musical realization of a spaghetti western movie. And if you've seen the video, you, it, it, it says it perfectly. It's worth watching the video if you haven't seen it in a while. Now, we'll, we'll have the video on the What the Riff uh, Facebook iTunes, page. Uh, the iTunes. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, not iTunes, but on uh, YouTube and also on our Facebook. We'll, we'll post those. So if you want to like us on Facebook. Um, actually, go to our website and buy through us on on through it through Amazon, and you can go ahead and, and buy the whole. I guess there's a video you can permanently have or download. If you want to put it on LaserDisc, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if your VHS is not working, yes. Believe it or not, this song reached to number twelve on the Billboard Hot 100. I believe it because I heard it too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. One hour at a time. Come on, doesn't this make you want to bring out your members-only jacket and maybe some khakis and your topsiders and just boogie your butt off the rest of the night? Doesn't it, want you, doesn't it make you want Put to Put a little that? packet of skull in my front. There you go. Lower lip. You just hear the wop bop, wop bop over and over again. Absolutely. Get right out on my pygmy pony. <laughs> Raising my lonely dental floss. <laughs> I wonder if this is where uh, Bruce Willis got the idea for Yippee Yay. Yippee Yeah, maybe so. When was that movie? When did that movie come out? Is it about the same time? Yeah, I think so. Actually, his was Yippee Kaye. Yeah, right? uh, MF. <laughs> oh, that well, there you, you have it. Now, That's that a quality <laughs> lyric right there. Now, if that doesn't make you feel like you're watching a Roy Rogers movie, I don't know what will. <laughs> Memories, memories. Die Hard actually came out in 1988. Okay, uh, so it was after this, though. but it may have inspired him. It could have. So he did Die Hard as an homage to Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> Little known fact, and there you wouldn't you know it if you well, didn't thank listen you, Brian. to this broadcast. Sorry, I know Rob, it was painful, but I'm glad you bared it. I was all right. It was painful for me too. I Sorry. appreciate it more now. It spurs us to greater things. Yes. <laughs> Robin Wayne, painful. Bruce and, and Brian, uh, uh, they enjoyed it. I'm still, I'm glad you didn't hear me say it. I was just laughing. <laughs> well, next we're moving on to a track from Simple Minds. And who's listening to this? Is, this? is this Rob's oh, pick? It's mine. Okay. I love the bass here. Now it starts kicking in. You may you may yeah. oh, I uh, remember it well. now that you hear it. Very well. This is the third single from Simple Minds' seventh studio album, Once Upon a Time. It's one of the ones that 
didn't hear as much as the other two, obviously. So, what do you think Simple Mind's best known song is? Don't you forget about me. Yeah, yeah yep. Breakfast Club. Yep. That was for the Breakfast Club soundtrack. That's what everybody knows. Right. So, uh, the songwriters that wrote Don't You Forget About Me, they wanted Brian Ferry to sing it for the oh, Breakfast really? Club. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ferry's father died unexpectedly, and he didn't have time to perform the song before the Breakfast Club, you know, was coming out. Mm-hmm. So they thought about other artists, and they were actually going to have Chrissy Hind from the Pretenders sing Don't You Forget About Me for the Breakfast Club. Okay. She was pregnant at the time, and so she said, I, I'm going to turn it down. But you know who would do a good job is my husband, who is Jim Kerr, the lead singer for Simple Minds. Really? So Chrissy Hind. So they went from Brian Ferry to Chrissy Hines to... Uh, Jim Kerr. I didn't know they were together, so that that's that was news to me also. They didn't include it on this album. It was at the same time. Don't You Forget About Me came out roughly the same time. It could have been on this album, but uh, Kerr said he wanted to vomit every time he played it. <laughs> Don't You Forget <laughs> About like Me. like the song. Yeah, he didn't like it. So it, They did uh, the B-side. This, this song is All the Things She Said, and on the B-side is Don't You Forget About Me live. So they hmm. did put it on a on the single there. The re- this song, All the Things She Said, reached number 28 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Now, this is the album this came off of pretty stout also. There were several other songs on there, were there not? Yes. Yeah, um, and they had uh, Alive and Kicking. Alive and Kicking, yeah. yeah. And then sanctify yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. sanctify yourself. We actually That's considered right. doing a doing a uh, featured this album for an episode of What the Riff, but mm-hmm. there's so many great albums in in '86. We didn't yeah. feel like it was necessary. I'll tell you what, we have that album. If you go and give us a review on Facebook or on our website, whattheriff.com and give us your information, we will contact you and send you this album. Well, one Minds. person will get the album. One, yeah. <laughs> or well, a contest. If we get thing. more, we'll we'll break it up into pieces. If and we get more, I will email the you the MP3 file. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll, we'll, we'll pick and choose one of the, we'll pull out of a while hat. Supplies, out of a hat. While supplies last. Yes, limited time. By the way, there's one. <laughs> while supplies last, because we can't do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Operators are standing by <laughs> and will be for quite a while. And this is an LP. This is not a CD or a cassette. That's this true. The it's the real LP. thing, the vinyl. Like this track. It's a this good is a song. fun song. I remember having a good I wonder time with if. This uh, if Steve Carroll from The Office likes this, that's what she said. I'll, that sounds I'll a lot r- like Rush from Subdivisions. A little bit, yeah. Got the synthesizer sound. Yep. Good pick, Rob. So now we're gonna. Call. I think we're going to Wayne for this next pick. Yes, Rob. This is ELP. Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Not Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, as you might would have thought. What happened to Palmer? Ah, well, unfortunately... Uh, he was addicted to love. 
Carl Palmer, <laughs> Different the drummer, uh, was unavailable to be able to get back when they decided to reform the group. Um, he had contract obligations to another super group. Asia. Asia, that's yeah. right. And so they auditioned a bunch of drummers with the last name with P. <laughs> <laughs> Make it easy. <laughs> now, nah, they had a, a session drummer that's played with tons of different groups. His name is Cozy Powell, and that's where we get the Powell from. Cozy. Uh, Cozy, yeah. Um, he basically made his name with a lot of rock groups back in the 70s. Uh, Jeff Beck Group, Rainbow, uh, Robert Plant, White Snake, and Black Sabbath. We've touched on Cozy Powell a couple of times on the exactly the, the Rainbow staff pick and the uh, oh yeah the Robert uh, Robert Plant yep and he's appeared on over sixty six albums so he's he's a standard go to on these and this is actually the only album that uh, Emerson Lake and Powell put out and uh, just the reason why is really Greg Lake he said in an exclusive interview to something else says Cozy's a great player. A lovely guy, but strange as it was, it wasn't ELP anymore. Yeah. The chemistry was different. Not necessarily bad, but different. There's something that Carl Palmer brought to the band, which made it e- Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I love the synthesizers in this. I had a synthesizer at this time, and there was a specific sound you could set to, to so this was an easy one to play. Yeah. <laughs> this is Keith Emerson on synthesizer. Greg Lake is singing to this. I got, I had this album when uh, when it came out, and uh, there's a version, there's a song by Gustav Holst, Mars Bringer of War, that they do, and it's, hmm. a, it's a classic piece, but uh, just a great song. And just in case we may have the album, so if we do, <laughs> give us a review. <laughs> one person. <laughs> and we'll, we'll divide it up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll send one person the cover. We'll send one person the album sleeve. Yes. <laughs> we do it that way. Well, that uh, synthesizer part that you hear is actually based off an English folk tune called Lovely Jones. Huh. They did that a lot, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Emerson, ELP did... Uh, Pulled a lot of classical stuff. Well, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer did Fanfare for the Common Man, which right. obviously dates back to the to, to classical. Right. Back in the early That's time. a Copeland piece. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the weird thing about this group is uh, there's no one left that's alive. All of them have died since 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 mm. uh, May of '86. Really? Because so, yeah. Powell died in '98. Keith Emerson died in two. 2016 and Greg Lake died and also in 2016. Nice pick. Well, thank you. Something different? Yeah. Now we're going to mellow out of my dad. This is mine, but this is a different version. Listen to this just a little bit. Okay, that's that's probably enough of that. Let's switch to the version that most people have heard. I actually okay. heard this song the other day on 80s on 8. A nice plug-in for our Sirius XM listeners. <laughs> 
So this is Howard Jones. It's No One Is To Blame. And I wanted to play the first few seconds of the, the first version because he originally had this on his album, Dream Into Action, mm-hmm. which is a big album. And if you've got that album, you'll, you've, you've, uh, you've heard that. But uh, it was, it, that album was released in 1985, and then this song was re-recorded um, for his third studio album, One to One, which I thought was interesting because yeah. uh, Dream Into Action is his second studio album. It, it definitely sounded different. It almost sounded like a little bit of a waver minor kind of thing going on in the first yeah. one to me. It almost sounded like somebody took a cassette tape and recorded it at the wrong speed or something. Yeah. To me, it sounded like a demo tape versus the actual studio recording on the album. Yeah, this one's a little tighter. Right. It is, and it's got a lot of interesting percussion work in it. Uh, There's a reason for that. So uh, Phil Collins and Hugh Padham uh, produced the re-recording, and um, Phil Collins does the drum work. And he adds backing vocals. So when we get back around to the chorus, listen to that. There he is. You hear that? Yep. I did not know that that was Phil Collins. Yeah. So it hits the it hit the Billboard Hot 100 in March. And this is I just like this song because it's got the it's kind of got that the poignant kind of you know feel this longing for something that you don't have but uh it's it's just uh it's it's interesting the way that he puts the lyrics together i'm not going to say anything because this is not in my playlist (laughs) (laughs) this this put me to sleep what movie was this in I think it was in a, for some reason, probably one of those, um, you know, Brat Pack movies or yeah. something. It's not, it's not jumping out at me. Okay, but um, yeah, I liked Howard Jones. Um, in fact, um, I'm, I'm considering doing Dream into Action as one of our, one of our staff picks. I think that would be kind of neat if we can keep Wayne in for long enough. To keep he's already awake. asleep. Um, Wayne, wake up, son. <laughs> <laughs> Aspirations in the clouds, but your hopes go down the drain. So this is off of his third studio album, which was called One to One, um, and it peaked at number 10 in the UK and would prove to be his last UK hit, um, although he was still popular in the States and still in the UK, but it'd be his last hit. What was the big song by uh, Howard Jones that, uh, that like, what, what do you think is his number one? I think well, he did the um, uh, he did a number of them off of Dream Into Action, but I guess the the first one that or the biggest one that he had was uh, was it is either uh, don't try to live your life in one day, yeah, um, or uh, things can only get better. Probably things can only get better, right. which is a great song too. Yeah. yeah. Little synthesizer work there. Mm-hmm. Does this finish us off? This finishes off, and we're going to be going to either a comedy or some sort of instrumental. We usually ah. pick at the end of May of 1986. That's right. And I found this this one. Uh, it just happened to be there on the internet. Nice. And I was researching for top 
events of, of May of 1986, of May, and this popped up as saying, this is the number one song in Britain. Ah, the number one song in Britain. Yeah, in Britain. So I went, okay, I've never heard that song, and it's called The Chicken Song. And I went, what the heck? I'll listen to it, and sure enough, it is definitely a comedy song. This is the Spinning Image TV show. Spitting Image. The video is awesome. So, so Spitting Image was a TV show, right? Yeah, it was in the UK. That's correct. And what was their big thing? Puppets. And if you want to know what puppets they are, the big guess, video that had them in there was by Genesis. And Land of Confusion. Land of Confusion, and it had all the puppets in there, and one of them was a Phil Collins, and that's how he decided to do the puppets, because these guys had a puppet of Phil Collins. He goes, wait a minute, I want that as a video for me. Wait, so so a Phil Collins-looking puppet was in, was it in the chicken song, do you think? No, or was no, it was it just in on the, the show? Image, just on the show. Yeah, if you if you, you we'll, we'll post the video on uh, our Facebook page, but if you look at the chicken song on on YouTube, yeah, it, they're pretty phenomenal puppets. I mean, skin yourself up, yourself alive, learn to speak a rap a I guess I lived a sheltered life. I have never seen this video. They just said and behead an Eskimo. If you hate this song, you'll be humming it uh, for weeks. Unfortunately, I know it's probably what's going to happen to me. But uh. get the earwig going. It's it's catchy. Yeah. Well, this is a great. Uh, it's been another good episode of What the Riff. As we went through May of 1986, so we're going to sign off. This is Rob. It's Brian. Uh, I'm Bruce. And this is Wayne. Hope you enjoyed it. We did. You've been listening to What the Riff? We hope you enjoyed riffing with us, and we invite you to visit whattheriff.com to find and download the music we had on tap today. You can also contact us and request an album that you'd like us to riff about at whattheriff.com. And if you get a minute, like us on Facebook and share us with your friends. Links are available on our website. Thanks for listening to What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, Marbury Creative Group. Tell it better. If necessary, use words.